Well, this morning, I thought it'd be a timely message if we just had a message where we talked about pausing, about just sitting still for a little bit. We're about 40 days away from Christmas, about 47 days away from the end of the year. And uh, I remember a conversation I had with a fella that um, it was right after March of 2020, right after all of the um, shutdowns had happened because of COVID. And I was out walking, my wife and I were walking, we met a neighbor, uh, met a guy from our neighborhood, and we were talking, I was asking, well, how are you doing? How's your family holding up and all this? And he said, well, you know, I got to tell you something. He goes, "Uh, I've actually had the best time with my family I've ever had. We've had this last week, we've been shut down for a week now. We had dinner together five nights in a row. That's never happened before. Because I've always been working late. My kids have been doing travel ball and all kinds of stuff. And we've never even, we don't have time. Most of the time our kids are grabbing a Chick-fil-A sandwich in the backseat of the car. And we're sitting around a table and we're all talking. He goes, man, I love this. He goes, this, is, this has been different. It's really hard. I have to work from home and all this. But, man, the time with my family, I love it. Well, then you fast forward, you know, a year and a half, and we're closing in on the end of 2021, and all kinds of people going, oh, it's so busy now. My life is so hectic, and I'm way behind, and I've got so much stress. And so today, I thought it'd be good to remind us how important it is to pause and reflect on, what are we doing? And does it really take us shutting down the whole country for us to stop for a few minutes? I mean, is that what it takes? Because the Bible says, hey, that's not the way God wants us to live. So if you look at point one on your outline, it simply reminds us this, that as our culture ramps back up to hectic speed, and I'm just going to keep that in there, we need to pause and ask God to help us examine or re-examine our schedules, our motivations, and our priorities. I mean, and this isn't a new thought. Listen to a passage from Ecclesiastes 4, 3,000 years old. I mean, this is something you could find in a, I'm sure it's posted somewhere on Instagram. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is a case of a man who's all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to get as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's also meaningless and depressing. And that's where we are. I mean, we're living in a time when record numbers of people have left their jobs in the last few months. And when you read some of the reasons why, some of the reasons why are exactly that. People going, well, during the pandemic, the workload shifted. Now I'm having to work all these hours and I'm just stressed out of the time and I don't want to do this anymore. Well, how are we supposed to live? I mean, we live in a real world where We need jobs. We need to make incomes. Our country needs us all to pitch in and do our part for the whole supply chain thing to work. I mean, how does this work? And how do we keep a healthy work-life balance? Well, fortunately, the Lord hasn't left us. It's figured out on our own. He's given us instructions on this. And that's why this next next scripture I have for you is important too, because a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. It's a simpleton who goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. 
And the note I have in your outline is we don't need to return to the hectic schedules that we maintained before the pandemic. Now would be the time to pause before we make New Year's resolutions for 2022, before the end of the year, and say, hey, with the holidays coming, I don't want to live a stressed out life. I want to pause and reflect on what's going on here, and I want God's help with that. So as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. That's a great proverb. I'm not going to have us read that out loud together. But what a picture. I mean, if you're a dog owner, you know this is true. Your dog will go eat something, get sick, vomit it up. Later on, go eat it again. You go, hey, that didn't work the first time. It's not going to work the second time either. And yet Solomon points out that's exactly what we do. Hey, before the pandemic, yeah, I was just wide open, stressed out. Everything shut down for a while. I was able to readjust and enjoy that. But now I'm going right back to it again because that's the way it's got to be. Why? In fact, what we'll talk about today is God doesn't want us to live stressed out lives. And he's come up with a very simple solution. And that's to take a pause at least one day every week. I want to talk with you about that today. Because it's a key to maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I want to thank you for the day. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you want us to experience love and joy and peace, not stress and worry and fear and anger. And Lord, we live in a country where we see people that are stressed out all the time. And stress is probably the number one thing that people experience. Well, today, Lord, we'd like to pause. And we ask that you'd calm our hearts. You'd order our thoughts. And give us peace. If you would like God to show you something about maintaining peace in your life, good work-life balance, just silently, right where you are, would you say, Lord, I could use some encouragement today. Would you speak to me, please? Pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, here's something that's important. God knows our needs better than we do. If that's good news this morning, would you say amen? amen. Yeah, it's true. And he wants what's best for me more than I do. God knows our needs better than we do, and so he instructs us to pause for a Sabbath day each week. To take some time to refocus, reset, rest. Fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, next to holy over there, if you're taking notes in your outline, holy means set apart, special. So remember to observe the Sabbath day by making it special. That's what that means. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day. And it's a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, male and female servants, livestock, foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy, made it special. Now, in Old Testament times, the Sabbath day was Saturday. And the Jews... Res- 
obeyed the Lord's commands to observe that as a special day. And when Christ rose from the dead, followers of Christ said, well, we're going to observe Sabbath rest on the Lord's day, on Sunday. That's why Christians have been gathering for worship and observing a Sabbath time on Sundays because that's the day Jesus rose. And so Christians said, we'll make the Lord's day our Sabbath day. And all throughout history, that's been observed in various ways. When I was a kid, and this will tell you how old I am, I mean, there were even laws. You couldn't buy gas and other things on Sundays. Does anybody else remember this besides me? Okay, we're a lot of old people here. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. Everything was closed. Well, a lot of that's faded and other things. And now we say, hey, you know, it doesn't really matter. Do what you want, which is fine. But just because something's lawful doesn't make it beneficial. And if we work 24-7, seven days a week, week after week, after week, after week, after week, or we fill up our weekends with so many activities, we may not be at work, but boy, we have worked all week long living for the weekend, and now Saturdays are all packed with tailgating and football, and then Sundays are packed with all the things we didn't get done on Saturday because we were here, and then next week we do that again, and the next week we do that again, and the next week we do that again, and the next, you get the idea. One day we go, where are we going? I mean, we're right back to that first scripture. Why am I working so hard? Why am I giving up so much pleasure? I'm, I'm pursuing all this stuff, but I'm exhausted. I don't have any good relationships. I don't even know what God wants me to be doing. I'm just like on a treadmill. Well, this is the importance of Sabbath. It's the importance of taking a day of rest. There are many benefits to it, but let me give you three. When we pause from all of our work and activities and entertainment, I mean, this means pause, we have time to be still in God's presence and worship him. I'm so happy you've chosen to be here. For those of you who are online, I'm glad you've chosen to be worshiping with us live. But this is a time that we've set apart to say, hey, I want to be here. I'm going to sit in God's presence. I want him to speak to me. I mean, you could be anywhere else right now. And I'm so glad you've chosen to be here. Each week, you'll hear me when I'm speaking, to say, Lord, I want you to speak and move me out of the way. That's our desire. Our desire when we sing the songs that we sang this morning would be that we would be gathered here today and worshiping God. We sang this morning songs that talked about how great God's faithfulness is and how God is almighty. I mean, he's faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. He is almighty, and there's no problem he cannot solve. He forgives us even though we have sinned against him 10 million times, and he loves us. In fact, his love for us is simply outrageous. And when we gather together on the Lord's day and we sit still, we have a chance to be reminded of this. We worship Almighty God. Of course I have problems in my life. This is a fallen world. And of course I've made mistakes and I've messed up in my life because I'm a sinful person. But the Lord sent his son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. He gave me the Holy Spirit and he's changing me from the inside out and making me a new person. He sends his angels before me and behind me and he guides me along the right path for me to go. 
This is why we gather to remind ourselves of these things. Otherwise, if we keep on that treadmill, we're going to focus on, on all the bad news in the economy, and we're going to focus on all the political problems in the world, and we're going to focus on sickness, and we're going to focus on money problems, and we're going to focus on work problems, and we're going to talk over and over again about all the incessant problems. But listen to what the Lord says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I'll be lifted up. We did a whole series on peace last month. And the whole idea behind that is, is that the Lord says, I'll keep in perfect peace. Everybody keeps their eyes fixed on me. If you and I want to experience peace in our lives, direction in our lives, we've got to spend time with him. But it takes time. And the Lord says, look, I promise you, if you will carve out one day out of seven and keep that day special and use it as a day that you and I can spend together, a relationship with me is going to transform your life. Psalm 62. My soul, wait in silence for God alone, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my refuge. I will not be shaken. Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child is my soul within me. I'm so glad again that you're here for worship this morning. We've begun this day this way, but you'll see in the next couple steps, we can keep going, not just for this hour that we've gathered for worship, but we can use the whole day as a day that's set apart, special, just for the Lord. But it starts with, hey, I'm not going to keep all this activity going. I'm not. I'm going to be still and I'm going to worship. Secondly, if you and I will pause from all of our work and activities and entertainment, we're going to have time to surrender our concerns to God and listen for his guidance. We're going to actually have time to pray about things. I mean, we talk to our friends about things. We email people. Sometimes we post on social media because we all know if we put personal problems on social media, it helps, okay? I mean, we do all kinds of foolish stuff like this. But when do we say, hey, I'm going to sit down and pray? I don't have time. Well, what if we made time? Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I mean, what if I took some time today and I said, you know what? I've been stressing out over this problem at work. I've been stressing over, out over this problem with our budget. I've been stressing out over this problem with our neighbors. What if I said, today, I'm going to take time to be still. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm not going to be looking at it at all. I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to get out a piece of paper and a pen, and I'm going to write down what I need the Lord's help on. I'm going to think this through. And then I'm going to take that problem to the Lord and I'm going to sit still and be quiet and listen and ask him to order my thoughts. Did you catch that? Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Know my anxious thoughts. I mean, what if today we took an hour and we said, hey, Lord, I got four or five things that I need help with in my life. This is at home. This is at work. This is whatever. And we actually prayed about it. 
Didn't talk to anybody else about it. Talked to the Lord himself because the Lord answers prayer. We serve a good God who loves you and me. He promises us to give us wisdom if we need it. The problem is we don't ask. I haven't had time to pray. Let me encourage you today. Thank you that you took time to worship. What if from here we took time to pray? And then to listen. I mean, this is one of those things that is so important. What if we just sat still and were just quiet? I can remember times in my life when I've been praying about something, I haven't known what to do. And I would, if I would just discipline myself to just be quiet, just stop talking, don't look at anything, don't email anybody, don't talk to anybody, just be quiet. All of a sudden, an idea of a prompting would come out. It's like, oh, I know a guy who talked about this once. I, I heard somebody talk about this years ago, and I'd remember something I'd completely forgotten. I didn't know what to do, but I did know somebody who might know what to do. And when I got in contact with that person, they told me a direction that I never would have thought of going before. It's called an answer to prayer. But I wouldn't have had that answer if I hadn't have been willing to sit still. So many times we rush around, we rush around, we rush around. I'm so worried, I'm so stressed, I'm so worried, I'm so stressed. Be still. Know that I'm God. I want you to bring your request to me, but then I want you to stop and listen. I can't talk to you. Of course you don't hear from me. You don't hear anything. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what's true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is why when I go into this prayer times, I also take God's word. That's why I read it every day and take a few notes on what he told me every day. On Sunday is a great day to review what did he tell me this week. Have I been obedient to the things he's already shown me? He'll speak to me if I'm willing to listen. Thirdly, when we pause from all of our work and activities and entertainment, then we have time to rest. We have time to take a nap. Time to go for a long walk. Sit on a park bench and be quiet. Remember, you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That's why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. That's from Deuteronomy 5. I read you earlier the commandment from Exodus 20. Exodus 20 was the first time uh, the Ten Commandments were given. Deuteronomy 5 is 40 years later. Moses is reminding them of what it's all about. And he said, look, I want to remind you of this. Forty years ago, the Lord rescued us from slavery in Egypt. Nobody had a day off for hundreds of years. You begged God. You cried out to God, oh, God, I'd give anything for a day off. Then he rescued you from slavery, and now you won't take a day off even when he gives you one. I mean, will you just rest? Why would it be wrong? 
It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning till late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. I mean, you work your fingers to the bone, and what do you get? Bony fingers. God doesn't want us to have bony fingers. He wants us to have hands lifted up toward him. He knows that we get tired. He didn't make us to be working machines. What if we said, hey, I'm going to have a day, a special day every week, and part of that day I'm going to reserve for worship, and I'm going to put my eyes on God. Part of that day I'm going to bring all my problems to him, and I'm actually going to sit still in his presence and ask him to show me what I need to know about those things. And part of the time, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to chill. And what if I did that? Well, then maybe Mondays wouldn't be the most horrible day of the week. Oh, I hate Monday. Mondays are so terrible. I'm so tired. You tired after the weekend? Yeah, because all week long I slave away at my job, and then all weekend long I slave away at all the things that I want to do, and I just jam it all full, and I crash land into Monday again. I mean, if you and I started doing this stuff, I mean, what would it be like for our, our coworkers? What would it be like for our neighbors? Hey, good morning. Prayed for you yesterday. You sure seem chipper. You sure seem well-rested. Ah, it was a great day. Had time to worship the Lord. Had a great meal with my family. Had some time to go for a long walk. Took a nap. Planned out my calendar together with my spouse. And man, we're looking forward to the things this week. This is great. I'm so excited for all the things God has for us this week. And people are going to tell you to go see somebody or something. You're too happy. Why do we have to live in an angry, stressed out, fearful mindset all the time? Why can't our attitude be like that? This is what God wants for his people. Well, I want to tell us three things that we're going to struggle with. I mean, this all sounds very simple, and it is, but there are three things we're going to struggle with, and that's point C here. There are three applications that we need to make. We need to make this very clear. Pausing for a Sabbath day each week is going to require trust. It's going to require trust. See, because if I'm here worshiping, I'm not somewhere else doing something else. If I'm taking time to pray and sitting still, then there's something else I'm not doing. And what the Bible tells us is God wants us to trust him. That he's working even when we're not. In fact, if we take time to sit and listen to him, He will order our thoughts and we'll be able to work smarter, not harder. He tells us this. Listen to what it says in Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good, and then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Can we read that highlighted portion of this verse together, please? Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. It doesn't say, hey, figure it out on your own and get after it. 
And if there's a problem, stay up all night. Drink a lot of coffee. It's not what it says. Exodus 14, 14 is an amazing verse. Moses, by God's command, has led the children of Israel right up to the edge of the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is chasing after him. And they think they're all going to be killed. And this is what the Lord tells Moses. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And that's when God opened up a path through the Red Sea. And all the people crossed safely over and the Egyptians were all drowned. You could apply this verse to trusting God about a Sabbath day. Lord, if I'm sitting still here and praying to you, I'm trusting that you're really going to answer my prayers. I'm trusting that you're going to give me wisdom that I don't have on my own. I'm trusting that you're working behind the scenes in ways that I can't see. Mm-hmm. Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. I mean, do we believe that? I mean, do we really expect him to answer? This uh, new facility we're building, it's funny, I go to the building meetings. And every two weeks we have one and they tell us the progress on the building. They tell us what supplies they need and certain hangers to hang things from the ceiling and certain joints and all sorts of materials. And this year, because there's been supply chain issues, there's all kinds of delays and stuff. And I'm taking notes like crazy. And uh, it was funny because the uh, head of Marshall Construction, who's run this, he goes, John, you come to those meetings. And you, I sit there with my legal pages like this. And I'm taking notes, pages of notes. And he goes, what do you do with all those notes? I mean, you're not building any of this. And I go, oh, I know. But you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And he goes, yeah, I mean, why are you writing all that down? I go, well, and you'll probably see this later today. I'll be out there walking around that building with a piece of paper out there and other things. That, took, that becomes my prayer list. Lord, we need seven frammer jammers here, and I don't even know what those do, but we need seven of them. <laughs> and what's so funny is the guy, who's, <laughs> the guy who's supervising the building there, the construction, he goes, man, this is amazing. The other day he came out and said, you got to keep praying because this is crazy. We had a truckload of stuff come in that we didn't know how to unload, and we didn't know how to get that off the truck. At the same time, one of the scissor joists that they used for getting up to the ceiling had not been working, and so the company, that company had sent over a forklift to load that up and put it on the truck, and they said, and they'd gone over and asked the guy, well, hey, can you help us unload this while you're here? And the guy said, sure. He goes, I've never seen anything like that in my life. You keep praying. <laughs> I go, I will. I love praying like that. And what if we actually trusted him? I mean, that's what's required to observe a Sabbath day. I'm not a working machine. I can't figure it out anyway. Lord, would you show us what to do? Yeah. Of course I will. I love you. Thanks for trusting me. Secondly, Pausing for a Sabbath day each week is a choice. Please do not hear this as a legalistic requirement. I'm not going to follow you around today. Nobody is. In fact, Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day because that's all they wanted to do was to catch people who weren't observing the Sabbath. 
And he reminded them the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. After Moses had led the children of Israel through the Red Sea, they'd seen all these miracles. God would bless them with manna, food that would appear. It was food from heaven, bread from heaven. Now, all, they had to do goes, all they had to do is go pick it up every morning after the dew burned off. There'd be enough for the day, but you couldn't keep it for two or it'd go bad, except for the day before the Sabbath day, because he wanted them to have a day off from even gathering the food that he was providing from heaven. They could gather twice as much on Friday, the day before Saturday. The Lord asked Moses, but there were still people who would go out and try to gather it anyway. And so the Lord's talking to Moses here. He goes, the Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That's why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there'll be enough for two days. Moses, how come they don't know I'm trying to give them a day off? Why do they have to work? Why don't they trust me? Psalm 32. I'll instruct you and teach you. This is the Lord speaking. I'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Don't be like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding and must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. God doesn't want us to be like a stubborn horse or a mule. You've got to put a bit in its mouth and make it go the right direction. That's why the Sabbath day is a choice. We've got to choose this. And God doesn't want our leftovers. He wants what's first. First day of the week seems like a good choice. Can you imagine? I mean, we don't do this to anybody else in our lives that we value. Can you imagine if I did that with my wife? Hey, well, yeah, I love you, darling. And we'll go spend some time together just as soon as I have a day where I have nothing else to do. I think I just gave myself something else to do. What do you all think? Okay. Yeah, find a way to apologize. Now look, that fellow I talked to who finally had time with his family because everything shut down. I mean, is that what it's going to take for you and me? Well, John, I'll have a Sabbath day if you shut the whole economy down. Then I'll take a day. Lord's going, why do we have to shut the whole economy down? Why, why can't you choose me? Why can't you choose you? I'm not asking you to legislate for everybody else. You take care of you. This is for you. I mean, how does the Lord benefit if I take a day of rest? It's for you, John. Thirdly, Pausing for a Sabbath day each week should be a delight. I mean, God doesn't want us to look at oh, us to look at this as a burden, a horrible commandment. Okay, I have to go worship. Okay, I have to get spend time with you, so I find solutions to problems that I can't solve on my own. Okay, okay, I'll get rest. I was really looking forward to being really tired this week, though. But okay, and this is the way we talk about this stuff. Isaiah, chapter 58. Keep the Sabbath day and don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath day in everything you do on that day and, then, and don't, 
follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. God wants to be our delight. He wants us to delight in him. Lord, thank you that I have time to be with you. Thank you that you want to meet with me. Thank you, Lord, that you want to, I can bring you all my problems and you'll give me love and joy and peace. Thank you, Lord, that I can confess my rebellion to you. You forgive me and you wash all my sins away. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings I have. Thank you for giving me life and love and adopting me into your family through Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who's changing me from inside out. Thank you for my friends and my family and my church. And thank you for my job and my house and my food and my clothes and my cars. Can I keep going? But I don't have time to do that. Yeah, we do. But we have to make time. Because this is the Lord's heart. I'd like to ask our worship team if they'd come back up here. Um, Because we sang a song during our series on peace. Yeah, if you guys would come up here and lead us in that, please. Um, We sang a song uh, during the whole series on peace. It was just out of Numbers chapter 6 where God told Moses, Hey, tell your brother Aaron, every time he prays for the people to pray this, that the Lord would bless them. Ask him to give them a blessing that I should keep my face upon them and give them peace. Well, this is a song I want us to sing because this is God's desire for us. The whole idea of a Sabbath rest is so we could be in his presence and experience God's love and joy and peace. I want you to stand. I'll leave some word of prayer after this, but I want you to stand. I want you to sing this with us. It's an amazing chorus, and I want us to sing it together straight out of Scripture.